How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I mean, it was going okay, and then I had my heart broken today. Yeah? She's dead. Who's dead? The Queen of England. Oh, yeah, that happened today. That's right. Totally know her name. Really invested in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty sure it's Elizabeth. Or it was Elizabeth. Did you did you just dead name her? <laughs> yeah. Is that when you mention someone who is dead? Yeah, it's a joke uh-huh. because she died. Ah, um, gotcha. Other yeah. than that, we're we're okay. We're a little bit tired, but I'm still on the queen. Like, um, <laughs> thank, thanks for the smile. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had this discussion earlier in Discord. It's like, can we make jokes about this? Are we allowed to make jokes? If you make it to like 96, yes, absolutely. I think people should be able to make jokes unless you're like in the presence of their immediate family. And even then, maybe just like one joke. Um, I think it's I think it's fine. You're not yeah, celebrating um, their death. You're not like, ah, thank goodness, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm really ambivalent to the whole thing. But like, mm-hmm. I love a good meme. And also, mm-hmm. I feel like certain people, especially who have like that much publicity, probably have a certain degree of notoriety with them as well. So I feel mm. less bad making jokes. Yeah. They're public figures. Yeah. I think um, for me, I remember when Michael Jackson died and there was a bunch of people who were like pretty reactive to that in like not super great ways. And that one kind of surprised me because they were like Christian and stuff like that. And I was just like, dude, did you think he was a Christian? Like, what's what's your take on this, right? Like, how how is this a reasonable response for a believer to essentially be celebrating someone's death? Um, I never got a great answer from them, but I kind of just realized they were douchebags. Yeah, like, I understand if somebody's done, like, an action, you're like, oh, that's irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I would celebrate their death a little bit. Like we were talking on British Discord earlier about some stuff and how if you remember when they caught Osama bin Laden, we were in college. Right. And yes. it was lit on yeah, campus, in town. Everyone's like, we got, everybody was everyone's friend. We're like, we got him. Like that was the motto. Um, and it was like a big capstone and like kind of an end of a chapter of, hey, we had this tragedy happen back on. I can't remember the date specifically, mm-hmm. but when that happened, it was like a national tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's the same day this episode will be posted, actually. <laughs> that, that's perfect. Uh-huh. Um, again, full circle. Uh-huh. But it, it seemed like, in the same way as a national tragedy, it was like a national success for when they caught him. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we've taken something back. We've had a group victory type thing. So, like, I get it in that sense to a degree, even though I didn't really know Osama too well or uh, look up all of the things that he did or didn't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, pretty agreeably uh, a shitty person across the board yeah. for some of his actions. Um, but I didn't, like, go out of my way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's I don't judge people who celebrate somebody's death if it that if they see that person as shitty enough. Right. I mean, I think particularly, I I agree. I think particularly in that case, the difference is like, I don't know the kind of person who is like, 
actively hoping for the queen's death versus like a good chunk of the world was after Osama bin Laden. Now, admittedly, yes. the U.S. were like really, really hyped for it, right? Really out for blood because of that whole 9-11 thing. But like, um, I feel like at the moment when that was announced, there's tons of reasons people would celebrate in that, right? Potentially, maybe you thought that that was going to be the end, right? It's like, okay, we've accomplished the goal. We'll pull back all of the family members who were fighting or something like that. Um, that didn't really happen. Uh, spoiler alert. But Jake, um, they had oil. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. how else are we going to have those Dawn commercials? <laughs> um, and I think there's there's people who legitimately were, you know, very invested in the conflict. And this was justice um, to their perception. Not saying whether that's correct or incorrect, but like that is how a lot of people perceived it. So especially after like not really getting anything except for negative outcomes for a very long time, which usually happens when the U S enters a foreign conflict. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like they needed a win, right? <laughs> they needed a win. We need something for the PR back home. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they'll think we're just burning their money. <laughs> yeah. We're in the queen's case. She's just like, an icon for the country like she's been alive for i think someone said like 30 percent of the lifespan of the united states entirely yeah, um, it's uh it's, like, it's a scary amount of time yeah she had like four or five like counselors appointed and like died during her lifespan it's like it's crazy um because she was inaugurated at like as a teenager or something yeah really young yeah so like 80 70 80 years on the throne that's a long freaking time someone had pointed out world war ii started and ended while she was on the throne and it's like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah not saying she caused it i'm just saying she was around for it it's true it's true um and then people keep tripping up i was reading about it and people keep tripping up um on like uh, her majesty they keep saying instinctively because literally people who have been alive for 40 years have only ever said her majesty instead mm -hmm. of his majesty um and there's the queen the the king and uh the queen consort now so that sounds like some Elden ring bullshit i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it was, it was a real thing first but yeah um, uh, I was more sad when Betty White died. Hmm. That's fair. Again, not somebody who I knew or like kept up with really, but anytime like you'd see like an interview, I'm like, oh, she's spry, which is you know like lively, but for an older person, um, and she just seemed like a human rights advocate, and I'm like, oh, yeah. she seems like she's not a cunt, and I like mm -hmm. that quality in people, so. Right. Her loss when she was again a public figure is, I think, more detrimental in my eyes, and it affects me more than some random royalty. Which is again, mm -hmm. are we still doing this shit? What's up with that? Right. No, I mean I agree. Um, you know, you want to see the people who are really positively contributing to the world, and maybe the queen helped in some ways. I'm just not familiar with it. You know, different country, different people. I don't think it's to the same level right like she's royalty or she yeah. was royalty i should say so like 
it's like you said, it's a completely different dynamic. And I think a lot of people as this happens, right? Like as Charles becomes king, they're like, do we need to keep doing this? Because the only reason they do it is for like, they don't have actual power or the actual power that they have would be a lot of it would cause a lot of trouble if they exercised it. Yes, I think that's more the case. I think there oh, is some degree of power they have, but it would get shut down pretty quick. Yeah. So you'd be like, hey, realistically, nah. Mm-hmm. I think their main role is just being on money. So mm-hmm. good luck figuring that shit out. Yeah. Got to recall everything. <laughs> Got to start new stuff. But us, we're still on pennies, by the way. Mm-hmm. Still yeah. keeping those around. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, in other news, we did have a topic for this week. Oh? Yeah. We're going to talk about um, multiplayer online battle arenas. Um, I think is That's a bit what... long. Can you shorten it for me? Uh, MOBA. Moob. Moob. Mob. Moob. Mob. Mob. That's a bit long. Could you shorten it for me? <laughs> uh, mm. 5v5 mid. No response. Slappers only. What game is that from? No, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Slappers only is Goldeneye. Ah, um, those are the the stupid melee karate chop things because they wanted to use like two polygons per hand. Um, but yeah, mobas. Was yeah. I'm kind of surprised that you know we haven't had a dedicated moba episode in the 16 years that the podcast has been going on. I mean, I've still been playing a MOBA for about 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I'm like, I'm out, they pull me back in. Uh-huh. But again, yeah, as let's... I said before, it's like it's a social thing for me primarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how would you define, what do you think the core traits of a MOBA actually is for the people who have no idea what this word is or what it means? And multiplayer online battle arena is the most vague description imaginable. By yeah, it is. It's like, hey, multiplayer. You're like, yeah, a lot of games are. Online, again. Yeah, we just had this conversation. (laughs) Battle. Yes. Arena. Okay. What? So Uh specifically, it is a, in the case of a lot of them, rectangular map, Mm -hmm. usually square. Um, And you basically have a base on either side. Uh, You'll spawn from your base when you die. You can go back there to get healed. Uh, and then in between the bases will be different lanes and the lanes will have towers and the towers like will attack anything that comes by and then you have creeps that go out so the goal is as your specific hero character champion what have you is to kill creeps to get money or kill the creeps are like little guys right yeah creeps are like little npc allies basically yeah they just attack in a straight line like we're going that way Uh uh-huh then they'll fight each other in the middle um but as you kill things and get money, you can progress your level, upgrade your abilities, and in a lot of these games as well, you can buy gear to enhance your character. But the goal is eventually to destroy the enemy base. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I would say a key part of that is MOBAs should have a diversity of character cast. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, oh, I like playing this person. This person really excels at supporting. This person's very tanky, likes to get into fights. This person's an asshole and plants mines everywhere. Like uh-huh. nobody likes that one. They should be distinct enough. So if you 
you don't have two of like the exact same character that you could have on a team. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. You've got the roles, you've got the the gameplay. Um I think we've seen and we'll we'll talk about some different types of MOBAs as far as like cameras concerned, but traditionally a lot of them are like isometric. I think like Diablo or Age of Empires or one of those other games. <laughs> I specifically don't mention Warcraft, which is, you know, the one that spawned all of them. Um and yeah, there's a very heavy competitive scene in a lot of MOBAs. It has since it is basically, you know, player versus player, there's a lot of incentive to go in that direction. Um, a lot of depth, a lot of planning. Um, and we can start talking about them in the specifics. I think that's a pretty good example of where they start. Uh, they're also pro- one of the games that's not literally a sport game that is most approachable to people who like sports. Um, I specifically know people who pretty much only play uh sports games and mobas it's not it's not like in the nerd space as much as it is in the competitive sports space i mean i understand the competitiveness of it because it is very a lot of them can be very layered Mm -hmm. and you can do things well but if you really know your shit and the character and how the game works you can abuse that and it's just it's wildly different watching professional scene or something like a moba Actually, a lot of games in general versus like the casual scene where like people are kind of like putzing about like when we play Smash later. Um, Right, right. Oh, the other thing I would mention is MOBAs are almost entirely, not exclusively, but almost entirely defined of a vertical progression that only lasts for the duration of one match. So like all of those upgrades and things Dave was mentioning, leveling up, buying items, picking talents, whatever the case may be. It's all until you achieve victory and then you get the dubs or you get the L and you move on to the next one where you start at level one. Yeah. So I think one of the big draws about MOBAs is every game feels different because you have a large cast of characters and it's 5v5. So you do the math on how many different combinations there could be mm-hmm. and then how you're going to build, uh, where's where things are going to happen in the game what strategies people have and having all that come together is for like some really dynamic gameplay. Mm-hmm. Also, it just looks cool. Like if you're watching it from afar oh, yeah. and you see all these abilities pop off, you're like, Oh, this guy's pooping on this other guy's crazy. <laughs> Not literally, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might be misrepresenting. It's really I'm sure cool there's a mobile there somebody who's that. very good at the game. Uh-huh. Exceed uh, in a team fight or the game overall. Yes. And then yeah. you go to play your game. You're like, I want to, to do that. Mm-hmm. I watched the pro game. I'm now going to copy their build and strat and see how it goes in my games. Yeah. Yeah. And pro then every play. so often, the game will change to some degree. Yes. And it really depends on the game. Some games in this list that we'll talk about try to mix things up much more aggressively than others. Um, What's the first game on our list? The first game is Defense of the Ancients. Uh, the OG. Could you shorten that for me? Sure. Dota. I want to use this joke at least. <laughs> Dota uh, was a Warcraft mod uh, released in 2003. So, God damn. Long time ago. Um, word on the street is you actually played Dota. So I did. Uh, Pushes up imaginary glasses, which are actually somewhere else uh, on my desk. Mm-hmm. It was actually called Dota All-Stars. But yeah. 
somebody had the idea of, oh, I like all these characters in Warcraft 3. What if I made a custom game where I use some of their models and abilities? Because Warcraft 3 had like hero characters and yeah. they could do certain things. So they played around with it and made a bunch of unique characters and then they made this game mode. And looking back, it looks like dog shit. <laughs> Warcraft 3 did not have good graphics. Uh -huh. um, but it was so cool at the time to do all this crazy stuff. And we used to play in our networking class a lot. Like we had done the work ahead of time or he just didn't care. And we'd play in the back room. We're like, yo, we're going to play some Dota. And you get mm -hmm. some land matches going. It was a good time. Yeah. It was you really. Play the OG? I didn't play the OG, but I have heard about it much through the years. And uh, it really was an extension of all of the campaign mechanics, right? It's like rather than building structures to train units to do all of this stuff, it's like, what if we just automatically train units? There you go. That's your creeps. They automatically go down the lanes, right? It's like um, they streamlined all of it to the point where playing literally just the one hero because uh, outside of a, a couple notable exceptions that's basically the way that they're played um, was engaging enough to uh, really provide a competitive atmosphere in a 5v5 also probably the least balanced that dota any an idiot or any iteration ever was yes um, because I have heard, I have read stories of heroes that were just around for like a couple days because they were like entirely broken, like completely broken. I'll try to find some if you want to, you want to talk yeah. more about it. I have to imagine it's very hard to predict that early on in the same way it was with like Magic the Gathering. It's just how many possibilities are there that could interact in a weird way where it's abusive one way. Um, but I remember the chain for Pudge back in the mm -hmm. day, each link of the chain was like a separate model. So they kept like drawing it and then uh -huh. they undrawed it when that chain came back. It was so dumb. But I remember a lot of the... Don't quiz me, Alex. I'll immediately forget in the moment. Uh -huh. But I remember a lot of the original names for characters. So occasionally someone will talk about a Dota 2 character and I'll be like, oh, do you mean Yurnero? Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just tr simple trivia but like it just some of that stuff stuck with me yeah yeah there's um because these are all warcraft characters originally i think they included uh they included some custom ones and some of those some of those were the broken ones i was trying to find the particular article but it's literally been years since i saw it so i'm not sure i'm going to be able to find it now because all of the comments are talking about like dota 2 that's that's how far it's been but like you had characters that were just unbeatable in a fight or they would just heal a ridiculous amount or some other like infinite shields or something dumb um, or RNG. They would just win instantly uh, or just lose instantly. And you're like, not great character design, but this was these, these were the roots. These were the foundations of Dota. Yeah. And without this, we wouldn't have anything else. Yes. Because eventually from this uh, spawned our other games, like obviously the successor Dota 2 mm -hmm. League of Legends is probably the most notorious one yeah. at this point. It has a huge scene following spinoff games, TV show, etc. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I actually other... want to. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the transition there because so Icefrog, who's the lead developer on 
after a point, he took over for I think Genso or someone like that in uh, All Stars. Um, did some freelance stuff, came back and worked on Dota two. But a lot of the other people who were involved in All Stars went on to found League of Legends, um, including Pendragon and other people that are hated. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, they you know founded Riot Games, then they kicked this off six years later. Uh, in 2009 um, and yeah League is big it also looks like dog shit if you go back to the original <laughs> it's a lot more polished now some um, people would some people would argue but yes it is graphically not that complicated which sometimes helps it yeah but I think League of Legends really brought a more accessible space to the scene Oh yeah, because I know so many people who played League in college. Like everybody, like nobody's fucking playing Dota. Because you're like that old archaic thing that you have to like be a master or be able to read text, like rune text for. Uh huh. I don't think so. Let me play and this all- thing. I'm gonna hop in a game with people. They were all private games too for for Dota All Stars, right? Since they were just modded, a modded game for yeah. Warcraft. Um, it's like you get banned from one of those, or you get kicked, or something like that. It just ruins your whole experience. Compare that to League, where you just get banned for being toxic, you know, like <laughs> other reasons, which is good. I'm glad the community is moving in that direction. Mm. Um, but it it just felt so much more approachable and less complex. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun for a time. Yeah. League introduced a lot of um, interesting concepts also, like to give them credit, they expanded on the MOBA space a lot. They had like the summoner abilities, which you could like equip. Uh, which are usually long cooldown, single-use sort of spells and things like that. Um, they unlocked or they they added a monetization scheme in the form of buying champions, um, as opposed to just having everybody unlocked, uh, like like Dota yes. had. Which initially is like this is a plus because you don't get overwhelmed by all the heroes, uh-huh. uh, and then you're like trying to unlock all of the the champions. You're like. This is taking a bit. Uh-huh. They did have an in-game currency you could get just through playing and winning. Uh, you could eventually accrue everything. But it, boy howdy, it took some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also had, because before you're talking about each game was fresh as far as progression, but League introduced something called Mastery Trees mm-hmm. where you could say, oh, I'm going to use these 30 points at the time. I don't know what it is now. To say, oh, it's going to be more spellcastery more tanky, more aggressive DPS. Mm-hmm. So your Teemo could be much more spellcastery and magic-based versus someone else's who could have been built hiddenly. It's not really visible to you when you're in-game to be more physical damage-based. Right. Which is an interesting idea. It gives you some meta progression. I, I find myself inherently opposed to the idea of people being on different footing when the match starts right like someone else might have a full page and you don't have anything unlocked um but hopefully some of that also boils out in the um the mmr rankings and things like that over enough games but that's not to say one game is unfortunate right if someone's done a little bit of pay to win or they they started with an advantage you don't have but yeah um but overall i mean league is uh i believe still the top on this list for played um, pretty much everybody could play it. You could play it on like a potato. Um, and they made a lot of concessions for that, you know, um, 
maybe not necessarily at the time, but since then, in order to maintain this client where you literally do hero selection out like before the game launches, right? And then it launches the separate client and you have to go in and do all this stuff. Um, it seems super archaic now, but again, you could run it on something that doesn't have a graphics card. So, um, and for a yeah, while I'd... we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, it's huge. It's we're we're pretty prosperous, at least in this country, most of the time to have the resources to get just a dedicated graphics card, not even like a high end one, but plenty of places in the world that's not really possible. Um, or, you know, you don't have a dedicated PC at all. And League is, you know, a great option to fill that space. So I sure didn't play, play it a ton. Phone now. What was that? I'm sure you can even play it on your phone now. I I you know, know that there's spinoffs. <laughs> I know there's spinoffs. At least it wouldn't surprise me if you could play the the game itself too. Um, I played League a little bit. I enjoyed um, uh, support. I played like I think Thresh was his name and Fiddlesticks. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if yeah. I call Fiddlesticks a support or even I definitely. Thresh. I didn't really play him that much like a support either. But um, okay. yeah, no, it was. They had interesting character uh, designs, and I played Dota 2 first, so there's a lot that the games have both in common and completely separately, you know, on this list. But uh, they share some of that same DNA coming from All Stars. Like, uh, I still think it's cute that like Rylai Scepter exists in League, and Rylai is Crystal Maiden in Dota. Right? It's like that's her old name. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still. I think it's currently still like her name, unless they actually legitimately. No, it, like canonically, it is her name. Yes. Yeah, but like they always call her Crystal Maiden. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I really. One of the things I just have loved about MOBAs is like, you get into playing a certain character, type of character, to a degree, mm-hmm. and it's just fun to get into it as that character. Like, it was nice to say, oh, I'm going to play Tarek, and I have this specific Tarek build and shot I'm going to do. Yeah. And you basically go around and, like, babysitting your carry. But it felt good to say, like, oh, these are my strats for how I want to approach at this specific game. Mm-hmm. Maybe next game, you're like, I'm not feeling support. I want to go maybe range DPS. I'm like, oh, I'll be Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. And so you play in an entirely different way. Yeah. Again, it, it feels very dynamic, but it's... I miss those days of enjoying MOBAs. <laughs> it is it is one of the things that definitely kept MOBAs fresh, is if he ever got tired with a specific character, a different playstyle was right around the corner, and it could mix everything up for you. you know, even beyond just roles where you have support, carry, and offlane, or whatever you want to call them, right? however it exists for the game. Um, but, yeah. I mean, League is a big one. I think this is probably the one our friend group overall has dumped the most time into by a very well (laughs) when i say our friend group i guess i have to literally exclude your dota friends uh because they probably at this point have eclipsed everyone else but um from the traditional uh traditional school folks i i think league was really big for a time and dota never really took off to the same extent true i feel like dota is like post rock you appreciate it when you're older type thing Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair were there any really standout characters for you in either dota 2 or league of legends that kind of fits your vibe or play style i'll definitely get to dota 2 um 
in league i i i, I did like support i liked um like I said, I like Thresh. I didn't play that many characters, though, because most most of my games were like bot games. I also played, I think her name was Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a big bear. Um, uh, it's like an ultimate. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, League is fun for kind of like blaster type characters. You're trying to like just exchange hits and land skill shots and things like that. Um, oh, also, I will say League uh, really introduced a lot of skill shots. Yes. Yeah. So like you'd hover over your ability and it would draw a line for where it was going to go. So like if a creep or something else gotten away, it would hit that first. Mm-hmm. You might be trying to catch like a specific enemy champion. Uh, so you had to aim a lot more. Yes. Whereas a lot of stuff in Dota has been, you click your ability here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that carried over really from the classical ability style of like defense of the ancients and, all-stars is like the idea the commitment and the skill is when are you using these abilities are you just burning off all of your mana because you don't have that much of it right like uh there's and we'll we'll talk more about dota i think the next one will be brief right so 2009 was league of legends not too long after that 2010 we got heroes of new earth which i did not play but the only thing i know about it is that there are a few heroes that people wish would come over to Dota, and then everyone says it was the most toxic thing ever. Yup. 100% agree with that. Um, I played some Heroes of New Earth when I guess League of Legends was getting a little bit passe. Mm-hmm. Like, what else is there? Oh, Heroes of New Earth. I'm a MOBA player. And it is always interesting when you go cross MOBA to say, oh, this ability is kind of like this other ability from a different character in the other game. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see like the mix and match, or you see something new they introduced. Um, but still, like if you're coming in as a new player, you're always going to have to learn the ropes to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not an option in Heroes of New Earth. If you show weakness, they will jump on you. <laughs> they For will some reason, tear you to the, shreds. the sweaty douchebag community all gravitated towards this game. Mm-hmm. And every game I had, people were dropping some real game rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was constantly just like the most toxic shit yeah and even notably like the people who make the game will play the game but they're also toxic pieces of shit uh-huh so this it's is a lose-lose lose situation this is the one where I, I i remember hearing stories about people getting banned if they like argued with the game devs or sometimes if they beat the game devs like in a match and things like that would not surprise <laughs> me um yeah it's been it's been a long time, so some of that's hearsay. But like, Han Han is the game for it. Um, that's enough about Han. Nobody cares. Game I think might legitimately be dead at this point. Didn't even care enough to Google to see if that's true. Dota two, two thousand thirteen. I came in pretty close to ground floor. I think I was within the first year of when it launched, back when it was still in beta, and uh, you had like a. He had like a, a shard type thing that had a counter for the number of people you invited to the beta. But that was the way you had to get in. If someone who was already playing had to invite you oh. to play the beta. Okay. Um, which was very weird, but it did basically ensure that the most interested people were the people who were playing the game. Not the worst model. 
Yeah. I must have gotten in after that because I don't remember that whole setup so much. I think it was post-launch. I think it was like 2013, 2014, something like that is when we started playing together at least. Um, but this one's big. This was the the full uh, the full sequel to Dota All-Stars, which surprised a lot of people at the time because one, Valve made this, right? And this is meaningful because Blizzard, previously not Activision related at all, like owned the rights essentially to to, to Warcraft 3 and mm-hmm. the models from Warcraft 3 and the names from Warcraft and all of the Diablo characters that were also added to as heroes, right? So like um, when Leoric walks up in Dota 2 as Skeleton King, Blizzard's like, hey, <laughs> that's kind of our thing. Um but uh, Valve, Valve basically like pulled the rug out from under them uh, for just like a tiny little bit of background. We can talk a little bit more about the actual game. Ice Frog went to Blizzard and was like, I want to make the next Dota game. And Blizzard's like, we're not really interested in that right now. And so he went to Valve and Valve's like, we're interested in that right now. <laughs> so uh, like... This will get even more context as we talk about some of the other MOBAs, but I guarantee you to this day, there's executives somewhere who are just like, they, they think back on this decision and they're like, I could have had so much more money. Yeah. Because League of Legends is universally big for sure. Like they mm-hmm. are, they have no lack of money in their coffers whatsoever. But Dota 2, TI, has yeah. a bigger prize pool, to my knowledge, it does um, yeah. than League of Legends does. It has the biggest prize pool in any video game. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big thing, uh, but it's again, it's just very cool to watch and enjoy. It's such that I won't suck its dick too much, but I've definitely Not spent <laughs> the most time playing this game, mm-hmm. and I've played a lot of League of Legends. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But Dota 2 is probably where my heart lies for MOBA. I still play it to this day with some people. I have another Discord of like some Dota friends, and we'll play or set up times that hang out. It's like a rotating cast of people. It's not always like the same group doing stuff. Um, I'm sure we get tired of each other. Be like, why does Dave never buy BKB? Because um, uh-huh. no one buys BKB. <laughs> I didn't. Everyone buys it. Like second item. <laughs> I don't want to be affected by magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But something I want to add as color for MOBAs in general, because we talked about like the lanes and the bases mm-hmm. in between the lanes, because it is a sizable map to a degree in between the lanes, there is jungle and like unexplored area, like fog of war. Mm-hmm. So like there are other places to go and farm camps. Uh, people might try and gank you. By rotating to your lane, it's like I don't know where my mid character is. They yeah. fucked off. Be careful, and yeah, maybe someone missing. will jump out of the bushes and try and stab you in the asshole. Um, <laughs> but like a key part of that becomes getting vision out. Like you can place wards to say, "Oh, if somebody walks in this area, they will show up on the map." Exactly, mm-hmm. and then you can look over it with your camera and be like, "Oh, there they are. This is what items they currently have." And then you can do other wards to deward. It becomes like this whole thing. Um, yeah. And it's changed a lot over the years. 
but it's still really i realize i'm now just ranting about why i like the game well, i think really it's fair i think too critical constructive to encapsulate what you're describing though it's like there's multiple mechanics at play in a given match and because you're playing these different roles supports are dealing with the vision game a lot of the time maybe in the supportive item game like you can be playing the mechanics that you're dealing with could be entirely different from what someone else's mechanics currently are in the game right your carry is trying to get last hits to get gold um and you don't care about that in this moment you are rotating to try to like kill the opposing carrier or something like that right so this asymmetric gameplay where there's all of these decisions to make moment by moment is basically the core the heart of what makes mobas interesting because you're not like if you're doing something by rote every game then either that strategy's busted your opponents aren't that good to like punish you at some point or you're playing the game wrong because like it should be more dynamic than that yeah that's um it's a whole big thing but dota to the high level uh, the things it contributed. One, it brought us back to all of the heroes are unlocked. Heroes get added to Dota, I think like two per year, give or take, maybe one per year on average. Less um, frequently than League of Legends. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, they have, uh, they're unlocked immediately. The game is free to play also. And it's always been free to play. Um, so if you're just in there for the content, uh, you download it and you play it. There you go. That's all you got to do. Uh, how do they make all this money? Why is it such a big game to have these massive prize pools? Their monetization scheme is um, they basically take the money of people who want style. <laughs> they have like multiple components broken out, oftentimes in skins and like different slots. Okay, you want to use this weapon, you want to use this helmet, etc., etc. And you can buy that on the Steam Marketplace or maybe in a chest um, and like a loot crate, basically. Um, or get it as part of the battle pass, which is where almost all of the money goes uh, for the international. Um, as I think, percent of the money. Yeah, and I'm gonna throw out some figures here. Probably the I'll go to the first international that I see on this list, and I want to talk about the last international. But the first international that I see, I'm pretty sure there was one in 2013, but I'm starting at 2014. Valve contributed $1.6 million to the prize pool. That's a pretty hefty prize pool. That's good, right? Mm -hmm. um, they had a compendium that could be purchased, and then you could continue to buy levels or just play the game to level it up. And I think 25% of each purchase went to the prize pool. And that contributed $9.3 million for a grand total of 10.9 for that massive prize pool. And people were like, that's a lot of money. That is a whole lot of money. It's not like first place gets all of it, but I think it was like top eight is where it's all split. Mm -hmm. um, something like top eight. And then the number just goes up. So the following year, it went from 10 million total to 18 million. And uh, the last international was in 2021. It was $40 million. Yeah, 40, $40 million. And Valve is still contributing 1.6 million every single time. This is all just the player base buying compendiums, buying levels, things like that. 
So if you're like, that can't be possible. There must be like so many people playing Dota if it's that. One, there are it is a pretty big player base. But also I know two separate people who both have level 500 plus battle passes mm-hmm. who bought like, they, they literally probably spent around three to $500 on this. I yeah. don't know why. I couldn't tell you. Um, but usually the battle pass will have quote unquote exclusive content where if you get it, it's time limited to access it. Maybe it's a certain character skin because you got to a high enough level. Um, and then you can't really get it anywhere else unless somebody's trying to sell it on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very unique, um, and that really drives up the price. But that's just from marketplace trading. That doesn't go towards it, uh, the TI fund itself. Mm-hmm. But like these people are diehard. Yes. Like, yes, absolutely. And this Griffin, is actually. I know Griffin's not listening, so I'm going to use this time to shit on him. Okay. Griffin's been playing this game for so long and he's terrible. He's not actually terrible. But like <laughs> this is I think his game. Occasionally mm-hmm. I've seen him play other games on Steam and I'm like, "Hey buddy, is something up?" Like, well, what's wrong? <laughs> "You doing okay?" Like, I I only expect him to play that game because that's the only really game he talks about or plays. Yeah. But like the same group of people like will follow the pro scene. They'll follow like the Twitter of like different teams and like stuff that's going on. They're mm-hmm. very much in the scene and they love it. Yeah. I mean, I was there for a long time too, right? Like I put my, my couple thousand hours in, I was, you know, buying the compendium, uh, had a favorite team, you know, fill out the fantasy roster, uh, to, uh, if I, I just got the bracelets motion from Dave. Cause he knows one particular year I was on that list of people who spent like $200 to get my gosh, dang, golden bracelets on enigma so i could have the coolest black hole ultimate um probably not worth but still kind of worth uh it's it's so addicting uh and we haven't really talked about that attribute of mobas but like for me that was dota um particularly across like summers in school or you know in school after finishing homework or in school before finishing homework um just or like in school while I was doing the homework, <laughs> just like uh, uh, just dump so much time into it and not always for like a positive psychological result either. But uh, they can be incredibly addictive. You want to win. You want to win. And the more you want to win, the less helpful individual wins are. It's going to it's going to sound like cocaine or something. Um but the more painful losses are. And that's what ultimately got me to the point where I was like, I, I can't, I can't anymore. I really can't. Um, yeah. It's not wrong. The other day I wasn't on, but like I heard about, I think people were playing over the weekend. They put like eight games and lost eight in a row. I'm like, why would you not stop after two losses? Be like, you know what? I'm going to do something else. Uh-huh. Nah, they're in it the day. I don't even need to say to win it, but it's like, you're, you're at the the craps table. You're like, well, I can't keep losing, right? Uh-huh. And well, I think that's part of it. This is it the opposite of the hot hand. Yeah, this is the poop hand fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know about monkeys and typewriters. I'm bound to win. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I mean, I usually do two or three tops, and I'm like, I'm good. Whether like those are wins or losses or not, but I will say like certain losses, I'm like, we could have won. Uh I feel like they hurt much more because I'm like, oh, I could have done something different, or this person definitely fucked up. The down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so there's been a lot of analysis done on MOBAs, and I think there's still a lot of room to do more on like game theory and the psychology behind it and all of this. But it's it's so dang engaging, right? Like people get into first person shooters. Some people get into RTS games, not anymore, but I know that was a thing in the past. Um, and MOBA is like it just blows all of that out of the water for me for like how downright engaging it can be um and that's its strength and you know the draw but um dota 2 big one if you want to hear more about that one i mean we had an entire episode on it a while back now i can answer your character or your your question favorite character is still freaking oracle because oracle is awesome i will say they've made him better really yes how so? So, you know how they added uh, Ag Shards? Yes. For anybody who's listening, there's an item in the game called Ag Scepter, or Agonim's Scepter. And if you get it, each character has a specific, to them, enhancement with it. Whether it's mm-hmm. a new ability, or, or an enhancement on an existing ability that character has. And then there's an Ag Shard, which is costs less money. It's a less impactful feature, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um but again, distinctly unique to that character. Right, minor improvement. So he has like an AoE heal slash damage thing. Yeah, which is stupid for team fights. No, like it's a big circle. There's not a single target. Like it's a large AoE of like rain that comes down, heals allies, damages enemies. Is it like continual or just a single cast? Because if it's a single cast, well, you know, like Firestorm from Underlord. Yeah. It, it it lasts for like eight to ten seconds. Oh dang! So just a it new is, ability. It is noticeable. Wow. And I will say, like, I've played against good oracles, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill this person," and then they just make sure that person doesn't die. Yeah. And you're like, "I've done at least five thousand damage." And it's like, "Nope, he's fine." And you're like, "What the fuck?" Uh huh. Really thought I calculated that better. Oracle is like the reason I love Oracle. It's because he's a he's a mix of a damage dealer like a caster and not to a crazy extent not to like some of the magic carries um and a healer but he has so many decisions he can make between those two extremes and some of them include literally like you are you are going to die i cannot prevent your death but i'm gonna buy literally buy you time so that you can maybe keep fighting for a while and kill some people or something like that um and you just play with people's lives in the middle of the match and like if you screw up you can kill your allies not directly but you just reduce their health and then they get killed by something else um he doesn't can't literally lethal allies but he's got like a root and his heal is the same thing that deals damage to both allies or enemies and there's all of this nonsense at play you could heal enemies too um which is really funny but i mean don't do that um and i just loved i loved like all these little interactions with him where it's just like oh someone's fighting and like a tank or say or your carry right is in the fight right you hit him with a borrowed time 
they were about to just retreat. And they're like, okay, uh, maybe I should keep fighting. Because, you know, they have like nine seconds or whatever, probably like eight seconds now, um, where they can't die. And other times it's like, okay, now I can run because now I'll be able to survive with this borrowed time if you heal me. But you're like, no, keep fighting, right? Like <laughs> you use this ability on them and you're like, you just make the call. This engagement will be better if you keep fighting and die <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> as opposed to like being healed and survive. Sacrifice your body to me. <laughs> uh-huh. It's just the most absurd stuff. Um, but I love Oracle. Who's your He's favorite character? Fun, unique support. I jump around a bit. Some of my, I think my three top favorites as shown as like pictures are mm. Venomancer, who's all about Venomancer putting different poisons on people. Tree and Protector, who's all about being a big fucking tree, doing some <laughs> forest nature shit. But he has an Ag's ability called Eyes in the Forest, which acts like yep. little vision wards. So I love littering the map with that and then not participating in team fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and cast your ult through it. Yes, that is yeah. also fun. Uh-huh. Undying, who is still pretty strong right now. Uh, but overall, I, I've i really taken a liking to Pudge. Yeah. Like he got buffed within like the last two or three patches. And they've nerfed him back down again since. But he's just one of those characters who will always be fun to play because mm-hmm. he has the hook which they also have like blitzcrank but like he'll be stationary send out something if it catches something it'll bring it back to him yeah. so usually you want to catch an enemy out of place bring them to you and then mm-hmm. you start ulting them and locking them in place while you have your rot on which does aoe damage but he can also get stacks of like flesh heap so every time you get a kill another stack and mm-hmm. then for each stack he has he has more health and regen so later on in the game, if you've been playing well and you're snowballing, he gets to be a real tanky motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's just so fun to play. Like, it also feels good to like do a blink hook and like line up the shot because you have to lead it because it takes yeah. time to go out. It's not instant. You're making a, it, like a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> Draw the vertices. Here we go. <laughs> it just it's always feels good to land those skill shots because there aren't too many of them. Mm-hmm. Marana arrows are another example of if you land it, you're like, ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's that's a hundred percent. Um Pudge is the only one I didn't know about. Everything else I was up to date on, but I didn't know you were playing more Pudge. I could see it though. Yeah, Dude, so much. They made him yeah. so good. Yeah. But he always uh, yeah. he gets played so much now that mm-hmm. he's always like a first pick ban. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That was another difference in Dota, right? Like League, I think you could have symmetrical heroes. Or champs, I believe you could have the same person on both I sides. I think so. Yeah. Um, and in Dota, that's not the case. Once a character is picked or banned, that's it for the match. So sometimes those are, they did lead to a very interesting, like, captain's draft or draft modes where you're, like, picking your characters one after another. Um, a lot more strategy involved there as opposed to, like, a mirror match or something you might see in Overwatch, yeah. right? And you see that a lot in pro play. You'll spend like 10 minutes on draft, and you're like, who are they going to ban next? Who are they going to pick? Because uh-huh. obviously certain characters would excel against other characters. Mm-hmm. It's a rock, so, paper, scissors type thing. To a degree, yeah. 
Yeah. Not to say it's impossible for you to do it, it just makes your life a lot fucking harder. Yeah. Some characters are just really good against other characters, right? It's like, oh, they're all like squishy casters. All right, someone with high magic resistance that just jumps on them and kills them, probably uh, the play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, Dota, Dota, Dota's a big one. Um, I have some others on this list. Two of them, two of them are gonna be fast. Don't don't yeah, even mention Super sure. Monday Night Combat. Nobody's okay. played it. Nobody played it. <laughs> so I didn't even have that one on the list. I don't know when it came out, but Super Monday Night Combat I think was sometime after Dota two. Definitely sometime after. Yeah, and it didn't last that long. I'm pretty sure. I think that that one was high rise, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I think it's it high rise because last their as games. long as Paragon. That's my last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one I have was Smite. Didn't play Smite. It was interesting, though. Um, that was a third person over the shoulder, uh, more like action sort of MOBA, but it still had the lanes um, and all of that. Um, kind of more like old gods themed, not like Cthulhu, but like Zeus and Athena, I guess, you know, Greek gods, things like that. Um, and I've heard good things about it. I think this is like the only high res game that still exists <laughs> um but otherwise i have nothing to say about it i think it's free never tried it yeah it's i feel like i've done brief stints with all of them it sounds familiar yeah um this one came out like a just... year i was gonna say it came out like a year after dota 2 so oh, like okay. it was clearly in development and it's just kind of one of those unfortunate launches where it's got to try to carve its niche out where people were already playing League or Dota. Yeah. I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but like Smite in my eyes feels like a Chinese knockoff of League. Hmm. Like, you know how you like played some like strictly like Korean type games, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's like a budget ripoff of something else and versus something that was made on its own standalone right that's the vibe i get gotcha i think i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and i think like they tried to introduce some novel concepts and the third person actiony moba was there were a couple tries super super monday night combat i think was the same type um but this is the same thing as those other genres like uh, zombie games or Minecraft or whatever. You don't want to be the 10th one to release because no. like you have to really, really incentivize people to move over and play your game and getting people to swap from something that they're already enjoying is really hard. Um, but I think it did. All right. I don't know. Uh, next one, 2015. So we're getting even closer to the current year. Heroes of the Storm. So this is... Not, not uh, much by... to say here, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody really plays this. Huh. No, no one plays this. Um, so this is Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard Blizzard published this two years after Dota 2. Um, and I think it really was intended to be an admission of not guilt, but the mistake <laughs> of letting Ice Frog go. Um, and the realization that MOBAs were going to be a big moneymaker. 
And they should have seen it with League, but they were just behind the ball. But uh, it has a couple changes to the formula. Um, and I put a lot of time into this. This is the second most played one of these on the list for me. Um, Dota 2 is insurmountable for hours. Like, at the place I'm at in my life, I'm not going to play that many hours in a game, basically, again. Um, but uh, Heroes uh, made some design decisions that are kind of novel, given the existing place. It's still top-down. It still plays kind of like League or Dota. They took out all of the items. They took out last hits. Um, you still get experience. When the game launched, you got experience by killing creeps or minions or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, current state of the game is they drop experience orbs that you have to pick up. So the idea is if you're not actually nearby um, or you can't like push forward to grab them, then you're punished in some way as opposed to having some advantage and being able to move forward and grab the resources that are dropping. Um, but it just has talents. That's the the one decision to make while really leveling up. Um, and then they introduced more mid-map objectives. Um, so traditionally, uh, League and Dota, they have Baron Nasher or they have Roshan to try to like claim advantage in the mid-game in a way that's not literally just killing your opponents. Um, and HOTS liked that idea, and so they made it part of the core game. There's a lot of maps where it's like, if you get the optional objective, you're actually just pushing forward to win. Um, all of that sounds really cool. It's fun. We had a bunch of people who played it uh, in our, our, our friend group um, that was, you know, adding up until Destiny recently. Um, and uh, the game is also on long-term support. <laughs> so no new characters will be added, no, no, no new maps, anything like that unless there's some massive change in leadership or uh, goals. Because um, it did not take off, again, the last one to the pie. No, they shut down the pro scene and then stopped doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. But I think... So remember we were talking about League of Legends being like, oh, MOBAs are accessible. Uh-huh. That was true before HOTS came out. HOTS yeah, that's is, true. The, yeah. is the entryway because... You can go in, and when you die, you don't feel as punished. You don't uh-huh. have to learn items. The map objectives will usually ping and say, hey, you should go here. I'm sure uh-huh. your teammates will chime in with that as well. Um, but not in voice chat. The The default, it doesn't join everyone to voice. You have to explicitly join it if you want. Every game should have that feature, by the way. Um, I never mm-hmm. want to hear somebody talk. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Um, but yeah, it's a lot more evenly split as far as experience mm-hmm. usually like there's not a wide level disparity between you and your teammates either might be between your team and the enemy team based on how objectives are going or how many things are killing mm-hmm. but again it's usually pretty minor yeah whereas in dill like if you're support like you're not killing stuff you're roaming around trying to get vision it's very hard to ball out of control because you're not supposed to get that money you're usually mm-hmm. strong earlier to like help people out so you can have one person get like real big later. And yeah. then they are the they show up to the team fight and murder people. Mm-hmm. Whereas everybody feels a lot more equal in HOTS. And to be fair, there still are roles and there still are carries. Their their roles are like assassins, which are damage, uh, healers, which are healers, support, which are like there's literally three of them in the game. 
but they're just like specialists utility kind of yeah, yeah. um tanks and bruisers where bruisers are supposed to be more damage and a bit of tankiness and tanks are like all tankiness um but like assassins do a lot of damage particularly in the late game and a couple of them do have scaling but never to the extent of like oh i'm just gonna 1v4 all of these people you'll get like locked down with cc or healing or something like that it's not not to the same in crazy extent you can get in other mobas where it's like by the way i'm god (laughs) because i had a really good early game and everything else is the penance you're going to be paying for me getting all of those of items right yes Mm -hmm. because you can invest in your character to say oh i'm going to give them all this extra damage or health or something else but you don't have any items in hots so it's really focused around the team fighting as a group and occasionally you can definitely do 1v1s depending on the matchup um if you're alone and you're a bruiser versus somebody who's a support you'll you can probably damage them out or push them out of lane yeah um but for the most part i would say it's entirely team-based because again you have those objectives going on to encourage you not to just have everyone chilling in the lanes, doing their own thing. Yes. Yeah, they really try to like really encourage people to be like, this is the point. This is where we want team fights to be happening. Don't sit and farm. There is no gold. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> like, as a reminder, there is no gold. You're just getting experience. And sometimes it's advantageous and you can get people that rat or try to push a lane on their own. But like, um, a lot more team fight focused and the rounds are quite short by comparison if you get stomped in hots um it'll normally be over in sub 15 minutes um which is like a very short time that is unheard to... of in other mobas yeah other mobas you're like yeah i got some time to kill whereas like yeah. Haas, you're like i'm currently eating yeah i can play mm-hmm I think we could we we could almost have a sub discussion on like comeback mechanics and how like those are treated in MOBAs, but I'm gonna avoid it. I will say in HOTS, um, since it is just experience basically, and then keeps, um, it's actually really possible to come up come back from like the jaws of defeat, um, if the people get too confident and you kill them, they can't buy back in the game. Only, I think, two characters in the entire roster have an ability to respawn. No. Three. Three characters in the entire roster have an ability to respawn faster. Um, and that I can remember. And otherwise, it's like, you guys have really crazy respawn times because you're such a high level. Sucks to suck. We're just going to destroy all your stuff, right? And suddenly you're back in it. Um, whereas sometimes it takes more failures to uh, throw the game on the opposite side like dota wants people to feel strong in their advantages a lot of the time which is satisfying Um, yeah there are times that you definitely will have the team go off and like oh we're gonna farm but it's like we're up 30 kills we should probably push an objective (laughs) um want to lock it in though you know so i just want to make sure it's just well you know uh, really close to battle fury (laughs) <laughs> getting the head shakes um but yeah i i actually quite enjoy hots and i actually still recommend it it's on long-term support um if you want to not be addicted to these types of games it's kind of difficult to be addicted to hots they're really short maps and you can kind of just stop playing um 
and you don't have to deal with all the mechanics in some of the other ones. Uh, it's fun. I also like some of the hero designs. Um, I think a lot of the ones on this list actually have really cool hero designs. Uh, but like, I love the concept of Ariel and Hots, right? Like, hey, I'm going to pick an ally, put a crown on them, and the damage they deal is what's going to fill my energy bar that I use for healing. No mana otherwise. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a nice synergy. Yeah. Last one. Not going to spend a lot of time on this. Dave alluded to this. I can tell. He's got like the uh, enthusiasm in his eyes as I, as I bring this one up. Paragon. Literally dead. Um, I played this one against bots and I contributed no money to it and somehow the game failed. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting idea. Like, I didn't hate the idea. It was fun to try out. I think we played for a week. It's maybe mm -hmm. like seven to ten hours total. Uh, the idea is it is a third-person game, but it is 3D. Yeah. So like, you can turn your camera around and go do stuff and possibly not see things. Think like Gears of War. It was, it was kind of like yeah. that, but with lanes. Yeah. But as far as like melee interaction, you had to, like you're playing Reinhardt, swing and actually hit them. Yeah. But to be fair, Reinhardt has a bullshit hitbox and will hit no matter where he is in the hammer. There's a rectangle. But yeah. But you really have to be close enough if you're playing a melee character or melee ability. Um, and the range characters still have like a limited range. Mm -hmm. um, but you, it feels weird to aim stuff in a three dimensional space when yes. it's so uncommon. Yeah, but I think there was like is. a Reaper character who I enjoyed playing as. Mm -hmm. There's also like a shooter guy, some cowboy type person, and I remember his ultimate was he like put him and the opponent into like the shadow realm, and no one else existed. You couldn't heal them, couldn't hurt them, couldn't do anything. But he's just like you and me, one v one right now. Um, Usually with advantage because he's a damage character, <laughs> right? So um, <laughs> if you put it on their support, they're like, well, <laughs> but um, no, it was fun. And they also had like uh, their meta progression type thing where cards you could like equip for your loadout. They would have different effects. Um, it was cool. And then it died because it was made by Epic and Epic also yeah. made Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite's not doing so good. <laughs> well, and then Fortnite made all of the money. And so they decided not to make any other games. Yeah. Which is fair. I feel like Paragon didn't really get much in the way of marketing either. No. Which kind of really. was a flash in the pan. I, I like think it literally went one from One guy whispered, do you want to play this? And then nobody heard him. And then that's what it was. I played like a couple co-op games with other people, but I don't, I feel like I played one or two games against actual human opponents. Cause like I could just do my dailies and it was just this like catharsis. Right. I was just like, Oh, it just feels good to get the dailies done and do something else. I didn't help the game survive. That's why people <laughs> with MTG arena. I'm like, Oh, I'll do some dailies. Mm -hmm. Never plays again. Yeah, that's fair. But those are MOBAs. Those are, uh, there's other ones out there on the list. Nobody cares about them. Um, if it was mobile only, I didn't include it. Uh, I know a lot of people play those. Doesn't matter. We're, we're PC and console console gang. Um, they're a huge waste of time, huge waste of life. 
Uh, hopefully, if you play them, you have fun. Um, I don't recommend any of them. And if you do play them, let me know how it goes. Don't tell me. No, I'm just going to assume it was bad. <laughs> um, if you guys have your favorite MOBA stories, maybe something really cool happened, maybe you popped off with uh, with Anti-Mage, with techies on your team, you can send those in, soapsonepodcast at gmail.com, or you can join the discussion on Facebook, which is kind of like a MOBA, with comments at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. <laughs>